Good morning, everybody. Um, today's scripture reading is from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 10. But God is rich in mercy out of great love with which he loved us even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not our own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast, for he for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Can I can please pass the, uh, the page, please? Can you turn the page? Yeah, thank you. Don't forget, I have lots of click-click, okay, tech team? Pay attention. <laughs> Good morning. Starting today and the next four Sundays, we will talk about our roots, Methodism. Through this sermon series, we will delve into the deep roots of the Methodist movements that brought so many people to Christ and the theology that John, uh, that John Wesley emphasized to bring people to closer to Christ. I hope this sermon series refreshes our minds and provides an opportunity for us to contemplate what it means to be Methodist and how to live out our Methodist faith. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to acknowledge the significance of our Methodist roots. As I preach, Lord, guide my lips and tongues and also help us to have open hearts and open minds to receive your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If someone asked me or summarized Methodism in a word, I would say it is all about grace. Grace is a significant concept for Methodist because all the Methodist theology and practices are grounded in a profound understanding and a wider experience of grace. The comprehension of grace is what internally and externally transformed John Wesley, making him the person we know today as a founder of Methodism. So I dare to say 
that without grace, Methodism would not exist. Then what is grace? Actually, this is the one of the questions that I ask those who want to receive the baptism or to be confirmed or to be a member of the Methodist Church. I assume that many of you have already gone through the bap I'm sorry, membership class or confirmation class probably a long time ago. Or some of you are not familiar with Methodist theology. So let me explain what grace is. Grace is the gift of God, God's freely undeserved favor given to us, although we do not deserve it. However, John Wesley understood grace more profoundly. John Wesley perceived grace not only as a gift of God, but also as God's loving action in human existence. Additionally, he saw grace as God's presence to create, heal, forgive, reconcile, and transform human hearts, communities, and the entire creation. In other words, where God is present, there is grace. In this understanding of grace, John Wesley comprehended God's creation and God's work in salvation through Jesus Christ. Since God is a loving God who is compassionate, merciful, and just, as is written in today's scripture reading from Ephesians chapter 2. John Wesley affirmed that God's grace is universally present in all people and irresistible in none. He believed that by God's grace, we are born. By God's grace, we become the children of God. By God's grace, we have been invited to his salvation. By God's grace, we are forgiven. We are loved by God, and we are redeemed. And by God's grace, we grow and transform as a new person in Christ. John Wesley also understood humans' free will as a freedom to say no to the divine invitation to be forgiven, reconciled, and transformed by God's grace. Still, he believes that God's grace remains steadfast, ever blessing, sustaining, and baconing us towards the wholeness and the salvation. 
This kind of understanding of grace is deeply rooted in John Wesley and his teaching, his ministry, and his theology. However, it didn't come to him naturally. When he served as a fellow in Lincoln College at Oxford, John and his brother Charles organized a small group named Holy Club for scripture reading and prayer. They attempted to live their lives by strict obedience to God by reading, the, um, by reading the Bible and studying the scripture and praying every day and also receiving the Holy Communion and visiting the sick and imprisoned on a weekly basis. As a result of their um, methodical habits of spirituality and a strict lifestyle, people call them Methodist. It was kind of a ridicule nickname for them. However, later, the name was used to call those who follow John Wesley. And now we are Methodist. In the early years of his ministry as an Anglican priest, John went a voyage to America for mission work. There, he met a group named Moravians who profoundly impacted his spiritual life. On their way to America, they met a storm when everybody was panicked. The Moravian group gathered together and peacefully sang hymns. This scene deeply moved John Wesley, prompting him to join their prayer meetings and make lasting Moravian friendships. This instance also triggered a moment of self-reflection on his lack of faith and also his lack of assurance of salvation. Despite his daily life devoted to the holy life, and he was serving as an ordained Anglican priest, John was not sure about whether or not he was saved. He felt ashamed about it, but he didn't know how to reserve it. Wesley stayed in America for about a year and nine months. Unfortunately, his mission in America failed. So he had to return to England. He described that moment as a low point of his life. When his life hit this low point, John Wesley was invited to a, Mo a Moravian prayer meeting on Aldergate Street in London. In his journal, John wrote how he felt at the time and what happened during the prayer meeting. 
Dr. Bill, would you read yeah, the quote for us? If I may, just by way of background, I've been to that spot in London, it's uh, in the old London town, which is now the financial district of London. The building where this seminal event took place is gone. There's now a garden with a fountain, but there is a plaque which commemorates this night that transformed John Wesley's life and led to the creation of Methodism. Here's what he wrote. In the evening, I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street where one was reading Martin Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans. About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, in Christ alone, for salvation, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. Thank you. And John believed that it was God who led him to the prayer meeting. Although he had an unwilling heart to attend the meeting. And he believed that it was God who opened his heart to feel the assurance of salvation in Christ with God's grace. This experience given by grace marked a turning point in John Wesley's ministry and life. He began preaching the gospel that by grace, all people, regardless of who they are, regardless of their social economic status, they can be saved by God's grace through Jesus Christ. Unfortunately, his church did not embrace his message enthusiastically, and they closed their doors to John. Consequently, John Wesley was no longer able to preach at his church. However, this setback presented him with a new opportunity to preach in the open air alongside his friend, George Whitfield. They reached out to working class, the poor, children, and the marginalized. This marked the beginning of the Methodist movements as Wesley's preaching, preaching touched numerous souls and bring them to Christ. For John Wesley, acknowledging and feeling the working of God's grace took time, even though he was ordained pastor. However, once he experienced it, he changed him forever. Based on his profound experience, he defined God's grace in threefold. You might hear this term first, prevenient grace, 
which comes before we are even aware of it. Secondly, justifying grace, which help us recognize God's presence and, and the salvation through Jesus Christ. <coughs> Lastly, sanctifying grace, which guides us to abide in God's love and shapes us in the likeness of Christ. Wesley strongly believed that growing in faith and discipleship cannot be done within our own strength, but we must need God's grace. <clears throat> and he did not stop there, but he was eager to share his revelation by God's grace with as many people as possible through his open-air preaching. He encouraged people to respond to God's grace, not passively, uh, I'm sorry, God's grace not passively, but actively by sharing God's love with others, especially those in need, those who are poor, those who are sick, those who are in prison. This kind of life is called holiness, and this is a topic that I'm gonna preach about next Sunday. So please don't miss, miss it out, okay? <laughs> I remember who's here today. <laughs> John Wesley believed that everything reserves around grace. Through grace, again, we are born. By grace, we are saved, forgiven, and transformed into the new person in Christ. And through grace, we walk towards the holiness. By grace, we share the good news with others. And we share God's love with one another and with others. So church, Methodist, let us, let us express gratitude for God's amazing grace that saved us through our faith in Jesus Christ. And may God's grace continue to work within us until we finish our journey of faith. Amen.